Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's Canada Day long weekend. It's the Monday. Canada Day already happened, but I guess uh, some people celebrated on the Monday. At least that's the holiday. At least that's a holiday if you work in an office or you work at the post office or you work at a bank. And we got a real cool guest on the other side of our Zoom who's hanging out somewhere in, uh, I don't know, London, somewhere around London. Somewhere around somewhere London. In London. And she's probably doing laundry. Dead center of London, Hoity <laughs> Hoity toity. I didn't know London had a hoity toityville, but what? it does. Worthy Village is hoity toityville. I mean, if you're going to live in London, might as well. Yes. Worthy Village is the highly sought after place to be. Where is it called? Where? Give what's the name of the place? Wortley Village. Wortley Village? Wortley. 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 Okay. Doesn't sound hoity toity. <laughs> it's the only, it's a town that got surrounded in London. And it's the only town that does not have a major road going through it. You have to get off of the roads and go through suburbia to get to it. We have our own stores, our own grocery store, everything. It's a walkable town. Ooh, it's so fancy. So wait a second. So this is a suburban area? That's all That's all it is? And there's and there's no major, major streets that run through it? No. Okay. I can see that. So that's where that's it's where like, we're talking to Sheena it's, from. It's, it's like Hoity Toityville. It's like a, a lot of other Hoity Toity neighborhoods. Like Guildwood's like that. There's no yeah. major streets that run through Guildwood. You yeah. got to come off of Kingston Road and you end up in down fucking Guildwood. I don't see the big fucking thing about Guildwood. Where my chiropractor friend lives, I sometimes go to her home practice to get adjusted. She is north of Toronto. Oh, she lives in like what? And she's in a little Hoity Toityville in her it's technically she's in aurora but yeah like where i have to go into it's like a whole little like neighborhood that feels like it's a whole city all by itself that's like older woodbridge older woodbridge used to be like there's a there's, there was the separation oh, when i was in university and probably in high school too that's how they would talk about it. it's like it's either you're behind the wall or you're not behind the wall if you're behind the wall <laughs> if you're behind the wall you were living in like the the nicer houses and and, and, and anyway or not behind the wall. I'm a definitely a not behind the wall kind of gal. Um, hey, everyone. It's Amanda. It's a Monday evening and a long weekend. Although um, I was uh, just saying that Mark forgot that it was a long weekend and scheduled himself an OSCE prep client today. Thankfully, she was gracious enough to start later in the day. And we scheduled this podcast. But this is not work because we're hanging out with an old friend. And um, just before doing this recording uh you know mark and sheena were reminiscing on how they met and it was it was lots of fun <laughs> and sheena is a regular listener of our podcast and in fact i think i've told this story on the podcast before i know i've told sheena but we typically produce episodes every Friday and there was a period of time where we had a whole bunch of projects on the go and, you know, we'd fallen a little bit behind in recording and Mark said to me, I don't know if we're going to have an episode ready to go out on Friday. And I was like, listen, it's been like five years. No big deal. If, you know, we miss one Friday, put it out on Saturday. Everything will be fine. You know, trying to take some work off his plate. He never listens to me. He's always like, no, 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 no. Because deadlines are very important to this guy, which I admire in him. But anyway, he listened to me for the first time ever. Mistake mistake and sure enough that friday afternoon sheena's messaging us guys guys where's the podcast it's friday yeah. <laughs> so she's a hardcore listener which we love 
And um, I tried to get her to come on an episode, I think, before. And she was like, no, I have nothing interesting to say. And she said, no, I'm not interesting. And I said, of course you're interesting. You're just as interesting as everybody else that comes on. So yeah. either either everyone else is boring as shit <laughs> or everyone else is just as interesting. And I think you're interesting. Yes, I think so, too. So, Sheena, welcome for the first time on our Zoom. Popped your cherry. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. So let's start out with our usual intro then, Sheena, for anybody who doesn't know you. I have listened to almost every single podcast, I think, for a second time. Nice. Wow. For the new year, I un- unplayed them or or haven't, you know, how you make it so that you haven't listened to them. Yeah. And I've been trying to power through them all a second time. And I've got less than 90 left. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to intersperse uh 2019 with 2020 because I gotta say I'm really tired of COVID. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. Like every episode we recorded in 2020, I assume like COVID was was a really, really heavy topic because that's all that we were living. Everybody. So yeah, let's not talk about any of that. Do you listen to other massage therapy podcasts? Just out of curiosity. Um, I do have a couple. The Radical RMT. Krista, yeah, I like her. And Connor. I like Connor's. Connor's a good guy. Um, but I also have a podcast that I really enjoy listening to called Unfuck Your Brain. Unfuck Your Brain. Why do you enjoy Unfuck Your Brain? Um, it's a feminist business coach. Okay. And like you, Mark, she swears a lot. <laughs> just has the personality just suits me. Okay. I enjoy it. I, I I find it awkward when people try to put a, a very thin layer of fakeness on, on top of everything they talk about. People are just so weird. When it comes to the fucking language, I find people just to be really strange. Like I posted something the other day. It's, it's funny because this lady, someone, I don't know who it is, um, she left She left a, an angry, what's the angry face emoji? Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the angry I reaction. posted, go so fucking hard today, walk in, fuck shit up, leave, right? Because uh, to me, that's inspiring. Go in today, go hard, do what you gotta do, and then just walk away, right? <laughs> she posted, like, you know, the angry emoji. I'm like, it's so weird. People are so fucking funny to me. Well, I don't know if you can see my calendar behind me. It's kind of the same idea, the same attitude of keep rolling your eyes. Maybe you'll find your brain back there. <laughs> It's funny. I like that. Like, I just, I enjoy that kind of humor, that banterish, also comical humor. And we say it all the time because I just can't, I, because I personally just can't get over it. I can't get over, I can't get over it. I, I'm, just, I'm constantly shocked. How about that? I'm constantly shocked when someone seeks out your stuff and then has the need to tell you that that they don't approve of your stuff. I'm like, I didn't. I don't think I dropped this in your mailbox. I don't think I rang your doorbell and left it there. You went and found it. Do you know what I mean? And it just it makes me laugh a little bit, a little bit. And like I've been saying from the very beginning, don't follow people who annoy you. Don't watch things that offend you. Don't listen to stuff that upsets you. Like you have you have all the choices. And if you don't like me, cool. I'm not asking you to be my friend. I'm not asking you to follow me. Just, you know, ignore me completely. That's totally fine. I want to, I, I want to know, maybe I'll message this person. I probably won't get a response, but I want to know what is the, what is the intent? 
I'm curious as not that it ever changed anything that I'm ever going to say or do, but I'm curious as to the intent. Is the intent to just be like I I disapprove and I need I need you to know that I disapprove, or is it that I disapprove and look at me? I call it moral posturing. What do you call it? Oh, now you put me on. The look at me. Over, look at me. Yeah. Moral posturing in, in in that I'm the most politically correct thing on the face of the earth, and and I need to show that that this is something that I don't think is right. Like I I'm just curious as to what 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 the intent is, and I guess I'll never find out half the times from any of these people. But nonetheless, well, um, I have a as Nikki likes to call them unpopular opinion. That I think I think that people have weaponized calling people unprofessional. Oh, absolutely. It's weaponized. Like I'm I'm so tired of hearing somebody call another person unprofessional. Yeah. There are things like I if, never thought of it like that, but that's absolutely true. Yeah. I um there are things that are definitely like every single person in the world could agree is being unprofessional. So for example, if you're taking a massage therapist, for example, um, you know, exposing someone or inappropriate language, like with your patient, I'm talking about like, you know, making sexual jokes with your patient or, you know, like certain things you could say like 100%. That's not only is it unprofessional, like it's, it's not allowed guys, you can't do that. But, you know, saying swear words on a podcast that's know. not going to be listened to by the general public i don't well i was unprofessional I, mean, <laughs> I don't i don't know but whatever let's let's well, well i want to get into that talk about weaponizing words with you yeah because that that was a really interesting way to to say that because i actually just read something or actually i saw someone i might as well get into it now i saw someone's post about the term mansplaining mm. and someone got pointed at and said, stop mansplaining me. And that person responded like, that's a very sexist comment. And I was like, hmm, I never thought of that. I never thought of when someone says I'm mansplaining that that's actually sexist comments. And then someone that's doing that, saying that I'm mansplaining, probably thinks I'm a sexist bastard myself. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Any which way. Sheena, how long have you been in RMT for? Oh, gosh. Um... 12 years, almost 13 years. Where did you go to massage therapy school? Um, I went to Medics um, back when it was in Oxford Mall, which got bought by Westerbelt. And then Westerbelt got bought by somebody else. So I don't know what it is now. <laughs> so Medics? so, your, so your, di- your diploma from the private career college in London is from Medics College? Yeah. Right on. How did you decide Medics College versus versus um, there's a career college? There's a couple of career colleges in, in London. There is a community college. I can't remember the name of the Fanshawe. Fanshawe. How did you decide massage? Fanshawe didn't medics? exist when I started. Oh, really? Okay. No. So Westerbelt and Fanshawe, I can't remember which order they happened in, but when I finished my first year, the first school started their program. And when I finished my program, the second school started their program. Interesting. So they weren't options. It was Medics or Darcy Lane. I am not sure if Trios, Trio, whatever, even existed at that point in London. I don't know. So this is, I think, the reason why Amanda wanted me to come on the podcast, because I didn't do any research before I became a massage therapist. Okay, okay, okay. Let's yeah, back she, this up. Yeah, she has an interesting story of getting into the profession. Let's find that. I want to know. So what made you decide, I'm going to go and go to school for massage therapy? Who knows if I'll even finish? Who knows if I'll do it? But okay. I didn't decide that. I just decided I was going to school. 
I didn't know what I was going to school for. How old were you when this is happening? So like you finished high school and then you're like, I'm going to school or were you working? What were you doing? My parents were very strongly into getting my sister to do something and be something with her life. Older sister? And I'm the second. I'm the youngest. Okay. So it wasn't as important for me. So when I finished high school, my parents were like, you just have to finish high school. That's all we want from you. Finish high school. Was your sister a deadbeat in that your parents had to like really push your sister to be like, you got to fucking do something. Or the opposite. My sister was very much not a deadbeat. Um, My sister is very brilliant. She's now an accountant. She's a controller at a company. She makes like six digits a year. Like she's doing awesome however she has some bumps in her road she dropped out of high school with two two months left to graduate um like she was only she was so close and she was dating a guy she lived with him and she just went to work at mcdonald's full-time um so it was all my parents could do to get her back on track Mm -hmm. so i was just just finished high school that's all we need from you just do that so when I finished high school, I went and worked for a few years. I got uh, a boyfriend, my one and only boyfriend. Won't do that again. I'm single for life, I guess. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what can someone do? Like, yeah, how bad was this dude that you have now sworn off all dudes? Um, He, I was not raised religious. However, my, my father is um, Protestant, I believe. Irish Protestant. And he, my, the boyfriend I had was Christian. However, I am cool with religion. However, when you are the most hypocritical, like act, extreme opposite of what religion even means, I've got a problem. So I dated him for a hot minute. Two weeks in, I knew I shouldn't have dated him. Um, however, I stuck with him because I just, at the time, didn't think I was worth anything and couldn't get any better. And then a year after that, I was like, I'm out, checking out. He left me with $10,000 in debt where I had to go into collections to recover from. Um, He kept one of my cars. I just, sorry, two of my cars. I just kind of walked away from them. Um, I just loaded my little tiny 95 Civic up and, and left, moved back home, ended up moving in with my grandparents three weeks later because I couldn't stand my mother. Um, and then I was working full-time in Nathan Martins. I go into work every night and the kids, even though I was in my early twenties, the kids just never did the jobs. They were too busy chatting and on their cell phones. So one, one morning I got home and my grandparents were loading up to drive to London for the day. And I was like, can you wait for me? I just need to shower. We need to go to Fanshawe, get a course book. I need to do something, anything. I just need to do something. So kids on their cell phone pushed you to go back to school. You're like, fuck kids this on shit. on cell phone, not doing their job. Just I the am very thing. much do your job, then chat. Wow. Okay. So you go to London with your grandparents to check out Fanshawe. And you had, like, at that point, had there ever been a thought, you know, one of these days coming home from the night shift to Tim Hortons, like, did you ever have a thought of like where you saw yourself? Did you see yourself working in an office? Did you see yourself working with children or elderly or in healthcare? Was there any vision whatsoever? No, I never had ambition goals for myself. I just, I was very much a, when I go to work, I work, I do my job and leave the place better than when I found it. And then you go home and live your life. I never had 
I didn't know. I didn't have no idea what I wanted to do. So the idea of career and everything else just wasn't wasn't on the radar. You went to work so you can make some money so you can afford your life and that's how a lot of people live it's not mm -hmm. like it's not like i identify with this job and in this career this is just something that i do so i can just live my life and that makes a lot of sense i get it so um we stopped a fan shop that morning and we went to westerbelt um on our way back home my grandmother actually was like hey medics we're passing it right now why don't you stop in there and i'm like I'll do whatever you want me to do. Pause for a sec. When you're when you're at Fanshawe and you pick up like a course book, a course calendar, whatever the case is, and I assume you're flipping through it, you know, as you're as you're in the car or doing a is anything appealing to you? Are you looking at this going, yeah, I'm kind of excited. I really want to do this. Or are you flipping through this fucking book going, Jesus Christ, I, I don't want to do any of this? Um, closer to the latter. Um, more flipping through it like what just gets me somewhere. What can get me in where I can do one or two years and figure out as I go along? So more more leaning towards like it's just a general like business degree or something, anything. So what can what can I take at school that will guarantee that I will end up with a better job and a better pay and that I can still just go to work and do my thing and mm -hmm, then I can mm -hmm. I can support my life but even easier. I get it. Pretty much. So now medics, uh, your grandparents are like, let's look, look, there's medics college. And you're like, oh, blue and white. All right, cool. Let's try this. So I walked in the door and they're like, do you have time? You need to watch a, a video and do a 12 minute quiz, test quiz. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, sure, whatever. My grandparents, it was, it was March. There had just been a snowstorm. My grandparents were sitting in the car with the car running because there's snow everywhere. And um, I'm like, sure, I got this. So I do the test. I watch the little video. And they're like, well, we want you to sit down for half an hour and interview with some guy. Well, the guy turned out to have gone to the same elementary school as me. So I walk in, I'm like, you look familiar. And so most of the time, our chat was, yeah, we know each other. Where did, where did you, what happened after high school? And how did you end up here? And then at the end of that discussion, it was, well, I think you'll be a good massage therapist. You start in two weeks. This is what you have to do before two weeks are up. And that's how I, that's how I got into school. Isn't that funny? That's an admissions rep dream right exactly. there. Somebody who is smart knows she wants to go to school, but doesn't know what she wants to do. Not only that. Let's put you in the most expensive program. <laughs> not only that, his quota for the massage program yep. was, was yep. low. Yep. He's like, he's like, <laughs> score. I've got it. I've got some numbers. I'm not going to get yelled at tomorrow. I got yep. another butt in the seat and then look what it ended up being. I mean, thank God it worked out, but that's, that is insane. I, so Sheena, I'm sure you know this. I worked, I worked that job. I was that guy. And yeah, having somebody like you come in, who's like, you already have made the decision that you want to go to school, right? So you're the admissions rep's dream because you know you want to go to school. Now, all I have to do is make you love my school. Not only that. You want to go. Not only that. <laughs> can you come in and do the 12-minute test? Can you come in and do this Wonderlick test? Oh, sure. No problem. Yeah. Like, it's not even like, oh, I, I can't do this now. I got to reschedule. It's like, sure. Yeah, sure. I can do this. Yeah. It's like it's like checking off all the boxes. That dude must have been. Yeah, he was so happy, happy to see shit, you that man. day. <laughs> Quite possibly. So then you, you get told, okay, the class starts in two weeks. Now, at this moment... Are you excited? Are you excited to go out back outside and tell grandma and grandpa who are now freezing their asses She's off? Like, what the fuck is massage therapy? Like, what am I doing here? No, I was not excited. I was more 
absolutely terrified because I still was paying off that $10,000 collection debt my ex had left me in. So I still had to work full-time midnights. And I also had to jump through the hoops uh, in two weeks that he had given me because you can't be admitted without these two weeks of itemized whatever done. Right. There's a whole bunch of things. You have to, you know, get a police check. You have to get a health check. You have to um, make sure that you can qualify for funding. Yeah. There's a whole checklist of things you got to do before you can actually like logistically have your butt in a seat in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, you did it. And then of course, um, I living at home with my grandparents and I drove a 95 Civic that my ex had smashed the front end on. So I had popsicle sticks holding up my headlights. Oh my God. Um, like it, at the end of that car's life, it had no headlights. I drove it for three months without headlights because they just had fallen in behind the bumper. Hmm. And that was it. At that point, I was just like, how am I going to pay my car insurance? Because everything I make is going on to the collection, like immediately. I'm not seeing a dime. My grandparents uh, were like food and board, right? Everything I made went to gas, car insurance, and debt. So I was not excited because how am I going to buy scrubs? How am I going to buy, you know, I had to go get a massage for the first time, I might add. Went and got my first massage just to get into this program. What were your thoughts of the first massage? Since you didn't have any experience with therapy, were you like, this is great? Or were you like what did I get myself into? (laughs) That's a little different because my sister in high school had uh, one of her best friends was named Val and Val is still a massage therapist. She she went to Darcy Lane and whilst she was in Darcy Lane, she came out and practiced on my mom and my sister. So I had seen massage, Okay, but she had never massaged me previous to that moment where I'm like, I just got into school. I need a massage with a receipt because I have to hand them the receipt. Yep. So I had, I knew a massage existed. I knew chiropractor when I was knee high to a grasshopper. I went to physio because I fractured all three bones in my left leg. Um, it wasn't a new realm, just wasn't a realm that I had ever thought of mm-hmm. prior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just... I was more stressed out than anything. Tell me about your first day of school. Um, first day of school was 22 people in our classroom, which quickly d- dwindled down. Uh, I think nine of us graduated. Sounds I don't right. know that all of us are actually registered, but yeah, it was, it was just overwhelming. A lot of information. Um, the first month was more like an introduction where it didn't cost you anything. They didn't make you apply for OSAP yet. It was more, this is the introduction. This is the the rate at which we're going to throw information at you. Can you absorb it? If you don't think you can handle it, back out now. Right. So yeah, it was just overwhelming. It was exhausting. Um, I ended up having to change my hours at work because I worked in a small town an hour and a half from London. Um, so it physically took an hour and a half to drive. But when my shift ended, I had an hour. So I had to shorten my shorten my shift just so I could get to school. Um, so it was just very stressful. Did you quickly 
start to enjoy the because pro- I mean this seems like a lot now you have to change your work schedule you've got to work midnight you've got to go to school during the day for something that it's not like you had any real background in like you said you graduated high school then went to work so did you quickly start to really enjoy this or like what was the motivation for you to decide I'm sticking this out even though every dollar I make is going to paying off debt and I'm going to have no free time and no life essentially for two years. What made you stay? Um, I am very much, you present me with a, a challenge, a task, and I am going to do it to the best of my ability. There's just, I'm going to get it done and I'm going to do my best because if I don't, I will get mad at myself. So do you, do you get upset What's your opinion on someone who 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 has a situation that is similar to what you went through and they just want to pack it in and or they just complain about it nonstop versus doing what you did just out of curiosity since you you went through that honestly yeah honestly um, I want to hear the honesty that's their choice that's their uh, it doesn't affect me it's not, like unless it does affect me, in which case if we're like partnered up to do something and you're just like packing in, I'm going to have problems with that. But it, everybody has their their challenge that they have to either accept or walk away from. Live your life. But me, I am just, I'm going to meet your challenge and I'm going to do the best I can. And while you were there meeting the challenge, doing the best you could, like, was it? hard for you was school really difficult for you or did it end up coming naturally to you in the beginning so i will say that i finished the collection payments um just before the first semester was finished so the last three weeks i quit like the last payment for the debt collection i worked up till that moment so my last paycheck went to that and I quit and I quit my job so I could go to school for full time because it was too much there. I was not doing well. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. I barely passed that first semester, barely like skin of my teeth, like just barely. And as soon as I quit and I was able to stay up and study and, and actually getting sleep, my grades very, very quickly inclined into, you know, 80s, 90s. Like, I was mad at myself at the end that my overall grade just underneath 90%. I just couldn't get it that little bit further for my average grade at the final to not be 90. Where does this, this, I'm presented with a challenge. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not going to. Where does that come from? That, that, that's got to come from somewhere. Where does that come from? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just always had that. Uh, yeah, always had that attitude. Um, I can't even say where that started. I've just always been that way. I appreciate that attitude, but also I like your your attitude towards the way other people do things. I think people really love to give unsolicited advice. You know, when you see someone maybe who you think could be doing better or, you know, their life might be easier if they tried doing things like this or they, you know, they could be so much further ahead. And it's not that 
I don't recognize or see those things sometimes as well. But I also recognize that I don't know the ins and outs of everybody's life. Sometimes some people make somebody makes a decision to walk away from something or do something that I wouldn't necessarily do because of a whole bunch of other factors that I know nothing about. Right. So I I'm very much with you where like if somebody's doing something or that somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to quit. This isn't for me. If it doesn't affect my life, I'm okay with that. If you and I are friends and you decide to to quit something, I'm going to be in your face about what the fuck. Why are you doing this? God, like, I, just, very... I just praised her for something and she took it all back. <laughs> well, when you're talking about random people, when the first day of school, all those people start dropping like flies. I don't know them. Hell, I don't even know their names. Yeah. Like, if you feel that's not, you can't handle it, then yeah, what are you doing here? So with so with your friends, are you typically that person, like the motivator, the one who's going to say, like, stop throwing your life away? Uh, probably not. No. Probably not, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am the, the loud outspoken one. So I'm just going to state my opinion and you can take it as you want, I guess. Cool. So let's play a game here. Oh, I like games. And the game is, Sheena, what's your opinion? I'm going to start here. What is your opinion of the RMTAO, the Registered Massage Therapist Association of Ontario? This is the new game. Sheena, what's your opinion? What's my opinion? Well, I appreciate that I now have benefits. So thank you for the, the benefits. Um. I think that there's an unrealistic expectation of how fast people can get things done. Mm. I can only imagine all of the things when they're sitting down at the table and, you know, I just picture like each piece of paper is item that they have to accomplish according to the people who pay the association fees. Um, HST exemption, for example, mm -hmm. like MBA fees. As another example, I can only imagine how much is on their roster. And I'm not 100% sure in how many people they employ to do all of these tasks. But these tasks are long, drawn-out tasks. You can't accomplish them in a day. The HST exemption, for example, like you have to get the government on board with that. That's going to take forever. Mm -hmm. So to me not paying your association fees um, or being a member of the association because you don't think they're doing anything. Well, they're not doing it in your timeline. That's unrealistic expectation. But otherwise, I think that they're doing something. I agree that they're always doing something and the work they do is important. I also know, maybe not very well, but I know a handful of people who seem to be right up the association's ass. In other words, everything the association does is so good and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I can be a fan of the association. I recognize what they do and I recognize that their work is important. But I'm also not right up your ass. In other words, if you do something that I think maybe could be done better or I think is done poorly, I'm still going to say that. Right? I'm not, I'm not going to just rain sunshine all over it just because you know I, I think most people should join the association. 
association because I do know a, a couple people, at least I think I know, I, I mean, I know of them and they appear to be very much like hardcore, hardcore with the association, very, very much like pro association, almost like the association can do no wrong. And I'm like, well, let's slow this down. Yes, I recognize the work that they do is important. The advocacy stuff is very important. We should all be on board on that. But let's 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 call this what it is. It's not they can do no wrong. Do you know what I mean? So I agree with you. There's probably a billion things that they got to do. And not probably. There are a billion things. There's a billion things on the roster and stuff to do. But at the end of the day, sometimes they just don't make good decisions on stuff. Mm. Right? They Sometimes they don't make decisions that might serve the population to the best as, as possible. And, but I mean, that's with every organization. responses to surveys. The responses to surveys every time we're asked to do a survey. The response is minimal. Of course, their their decisions are not going to necessarily reflect the majority of the population if the majority of the population can't be bothered. So, are you happy with the majority of the decisions that the that the association? I'm just curious. I'm just curious because you seem to be very pro RMTAO, which I'm happy that you are. I'm happy that they're doing something for us and that we have somebody in our corner. Because without them, who's in our corner? Nobody. We're all just a bunch of individuals. We need we need somebody going to bat for us that actually has ins and outs with the government, actually can talk to um, PPNs and, and insurance companies on our behalf. Because as individuals, we can scream at the top of our lungs. Nothing will get heard because we're just an individual. Nice. Sheena Ball's opinions. What is your opinion on massage therapy being regulated in Ontario versus non-regulated, same title, same education in a different part of the country? Um, can I make an ad? Can I make an ad? Sure. Can I put a, a footnote? Sure, of course. Um, I feel I do feel like it should be registered across the country. Um, But I also think that we need to be able to go to like university and be in the same classrooms as some of the other professions so that we're not looked down upon. Like I think, is Alberta registered yet? I can't remember. BC is registered, some East Coast are registered. When you look at the regulated regulated provinces, there's BC, there's Ontario, there's Newfoundland, there is New Brunswick and there's PEI. Those are the regulated provinces. Majority of them are East Coast. And I just think that we need to be across. We, I should be able to move in my own country. Just like a physio and a chiropractor can move in the country. But I also think, as I said, that we should be in the same classrooms as these people. That I want to ask a question about. So I mean, let's 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 go back 15 years to that Sheena that knew she wanted to go to school, had to do something. If this would have been a university program, we might not be talking to you right now because that Sheena was not ready to go to university. But that Sheena was also ready to go to Fanshawe, and I could have chose pre health. But would you that have got me into university? Based on your your, I'm again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But based on your story about how you wanted to get into something that would take one or two years that could get you somewhere, a better job than working at Tim Hortons with a bunch of kids who didn't give a shit. So, 
there, because we've had this conversation many times, and I understand the want from some people to have um, a higher level of education. Although I don't think that our the two year program that we have isn't isn't um, good enough when it comes to fundamental knowledge. I actually think that you know the the depth in which we learn anatomy and physiology and pathology. I think that's great for what we do, but I, I understand people's desire for the university. However, like Mark and I have talked about many times, there are many, many, many RMTs that we know that we probably wouldn't be calling colleagues if they had have had to go to university versus a college diploma. And so I, 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 I don't know about it. There's a lot of things to unpack. One, let me just, just about your school thing, Amanda, right? When everyone wa- runs around saying, oh, massage therapy school is, is crap and blah, blah. I don't know what you're talking about. Not, not that you did, right? But when someone, like when, when I hear people say the massage therapy curriculum so out of date, I'm like, what, what's out of date? The, the regional anatomy is out of date? What's out of date? The physiology is out of date? What's out of date? The biomechanics is out of date? What's out of date? The nutrition's out of date? Like what's out of date? Oh, the, 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 small, the small part of it that yeah. is the language of the, of the hands-on classes. What's out of date? Remedial exercise classes, they're out of date? Those things are not out of date. Right. Right? Those are fundamental sciences. That's what so I mean. When it comes when, to the fundamentals, when, when, we learn what we well, need Well, that's what I mean. Learn. When someone is complaining, about oh massage therapy curriculum is so out of date let's back this up I'm, I'm making comments about people that we hear saying this all the time in general and i know a bunch of them and a bunch of them are friends of mine but i want i want to just say like let's pause for a second yes there are some things that are out of date but let's not say the massage therapy curriculum is garbage and it's out of date there's a small percentage of it that's out of date what 30 percent of all of the material should be updated. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing about the whole school thing. Uh, and that's just to address all the other nonsense that I hear every once in a while. And it's just me just talking shit because that's what I fucking do. Um, the mobility thing. This is actually a really interesting thing. Does regulation make mobility easier or does non-regulation make mobility easier? easier. I would have thought non-regulation because if if you're regulated, you have to at least take a jurisprudence exam, if not other things to get a license. If if I'm regulated, if I'm, if I'm practicing in a regulated province and I wanted to go to another regulated province, then I can do that. I just have to apply to their college. I probably got to take jurisprudence exams and all the rest of it, just so I make sure that the college is safe to say like this cat here knows provincial healthcare law. When I am in Saskatchewan, and I'm a member of a national association, mobility's easy. Right. Right. Mobility's easy into every one of the non regulated provinces because I've got this one association that covers me right across the board for every non regulated province. So, I, I mean, I, th- I think you can argue it on either side that. If everyone was regulated, yes, we can all mo- be, be mobile, no problem. Being in a regulated province, you're definitely easy to be mobile into anywhere because I can go into an unregulated province and, and, and be registered with an association, no problem, that's easy. And I can go to another regulated province and be re-registered with that, you know, with minor things that I got to do. If you're in an unregulated province, you can probably, if you're, if you're a member of a national association, skip between unregulated provinces, no problem. It's yeah. just moving into the regulated problems is an issue so i think when it comes to mobility i think you make the argument that both of them create a, a, a certain amount of mobility to it well we're in the best situation yes like we based are on what 100%. You said, being in not just being in a regulated province being in ontario because a lot of other provinces really do um 
uh, what word am I looking for? They, model. Like, model. Thank you. God, my brain just shut off. Uh, model their curriculum, their um, standards, everything after Ontario. Right. The exams are modeled after Ontario. So we're in a good situation here where I think we are quite mobile. But I understand what Sheena was saying. And I think you're also tying that to when you talked about the schools, you're tying it to, again, this public perception of massage therapists being that you know as you said physios and chiros like they're regulated everywhere and then here we are you know some are okay. some aren't so then then when we get to the when we get to the part about the university i don't know how i feel about massage therapy being a university the only reason why i say that is because i don't know if that would make things better and I don't even know what better means. So maybe I should start there by saying like, well, what needs to improve that that being a university program would create that difference? Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I want to hear Sheena's take on it because this is, uh, Sheena, what's your opinion? It's a hot topic. I'm going to add one thing. A lot of people think this. So I'm going to add one thing. I wouldn't necessarily, if anything, if any changes were going to be made, I would want it to be modeled after like physio or chiro where it's not that, you know, the program itself has to be like, is chiropractic is college right so it's not that the program has to be a massage therapy like degree program but maybe that you have to have it, maybe not even necessarily university maybe there has to be a prerequisite okay. whether it's a college so, or university some sort of pre-health before, like Sheena was saying before we even say anything any further the massage therapy curriculum the way it stands is at university level. Yes. Right? Go, having been to university, I'll tell you 100%, all of that science shit that you learn same, same. is same, same, same level, yep. same pace, same everything. Same I'm, almost certain I, I'm almost certain I use the same anatomy textbooks. Right? My question is then, what is the gap that is being filled by massage therapy being a university degree versus the way it is right now, a college diploma, which can also be achieved at a private career college. What is the gap that's being filled? Well, I don't know if it's the gap between the diplomas, but I'm more leaning towards the respect and the equal footing between healthcare colleagues. So if we're in the same anatomy class and you took kinesiology and let's say that Amanda went for physio and we were friends with somebody else who went for chiro, but we're all in the same first year anatomy, pathophysiology, et cetera. We're all getting our foundation from the same classroom so that we, when we see those graduates come out, they're going to know for sure that we know our stuff and we can be on the same footing. I'm tired of being looked down upon by other physios, um, orthopedic surgeons, other, you know, other professionals that because ours is majority private career colleges, we must not know. We must not be able to keep up. Amanda, I want to know from you, do you agree that that massage therapy is looked to be at a lower rung on the ladder by most other healthcare professionals that are in the same kind of thing, chiro, physio, although chiro, everyone thinks chiros are nuts anyway, but <laughs> chiro, <laughs> physio, that type of thing. Like, do you feel that most of those professionals kind of have this, uh, I'm, I'm going to look down at you? Um, I'm going to put an asterisk beside the word okay. most. Okay. Do I think it's most of them? I don't know. Uh, whatever. You but know what I mean. are, do, are massage therapists definitely um, 
viewed as being like the lowest rung. Yeah, I agree with you that I think there's a major, there's a large number. I don't even can say anything else. There's a large number of other healthcare professionals, such as physio or such as Kyra, whatever the case is, that do look down on the massage therapist. However, I don't think that stems from because of what the formal schooling is. As a matter of fact, I don't think most physios or Kairos probably even know anything about the formal schooling of no massage idea. therapist. Period. No, they have no idea. Right? Um, I don't think it comes from that. I think it comes from somewhere else, and that somewhere else, I'm not quite sure. But I don't, I, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but I, I don't know if it comes, I don't think it comes from I think, the, the level of school. I think it, uh, it's a chicken and egg situation. So the massage therapy globally or massage globally is, how do you describe it? Uh, nakedness. Nakedness, grease, grease and feels and good. and feels good. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> massage if is, you know, in the public's eyes, um, that's what massage is. Now there are you know, a whole bunch of therapists who would say like, my patients know differently. And you're right, because of all of the like hardworking therapists who are on the ground and who are treating people and giving proper care like and putting people and like Sheena, exactly. Somebody goes to see Sheena, they're not just getting greased up, they're getting a treatment plan and they're going to see some results and she's going to be following up with them and she's going to be giving them home care and there's actually going to be a progression. And that's majority of therapists. So like the public, who are regular um, regular massage goers, they understand what it is that we do. However, yep. we've talked about this multiple times as well, there's still a part of our industry that is very service-based yes. and there's nothing wrong with that. And if there is no education behind that, like, yes, there's this part of what we do that is, you know, relaxing and therapeutic in nature and more of a it seems like a luxury uh -huh. um i think there's anyway i started this with the whole chicken and egg thing so if the public perception is that we are grease and and nudity or whatever then that extends to the other healthcare professionals because like you said they don't know what we do in school like they know that we obviously know more than somebody that's just rubbing a body but they don't Hopefully, really yeah. know and so in a lot of clinical settings, especially ones that were established a very long time ago, it's just sort of always been this way where it's like the physios and the chiros do the assessment. I mean, even if it comes to something like um, a motor vehicle accident claim, right? It's got to be somebody who has that university degree who gets to actually do the assessment, come up with the treatment plan and right. sign off on the paperwork, not the massage therapist. So again, it's just further perpetuating that that like okay we do our part you know we rub the muscles we make people you know maybe feel a little bit better we relax people but the real work is being done by the physios and chiros like that's kind of how things have always run and it's just now that there's more and more clinics popping up that are massage therapy owned there's more platforms like this like podcasts and publications where people are starting to see like, oh, massage therapists actually do contribute something to the conversation. But like anything, like Sheena was saying with the RMTAO and everything they do, it takes time mm -hmm. for that cycle to be broken. It's always been that, you know, we come below the people with the doctor or, you know, whatever in front of their name. So we, you know, we don't, we're not necessarily viewed the same way as our education when it comes to anatomy physiology pathology exercises are all the same yes but we are looked at a little bit differently i don't know how on or off topic this is i have a friend who's a massage therapist who's been a massage therapist for a very long time and this friend works right alongside with with doctors other physios athletic therapists chiros all the rest of it and uh at his clinic 
actually no one knows the designation of the person that you're seeing you just know that you're going to go see someone for therapy mm -hmm. and he actually ends up getting a lot of complex cases that he's he's like the physios and the doctors are like can you can we get your input on this and he's always sending me stuff saying rmts just don't know enough like they they don't they like how he came about all this knowledge is taking extra courses and mentoring with a bunch of people and always being involved in the conversation but that that's also his his work environment that allows for that but he'll send me something like someone posts in a facebook group asking about treatment for here and he'll just send back to me like this is my response but mark like why don't other people know this type of information like why like why is this not common it's common. This is common knowledge in my work environment. Why is this not it's common part, knowledge? It's part of the cycle, else's? Mark, because we don't have to because the physios and chiros are going to do the hard work and us in the clinics are just going to be handed the person's body to rub. Right, Sheena? Absolutely. So I have um, an example. I used to work at a multidisciplinary clinic and in hindsight, I really do wish I reported this physio, um, this particular physio, because they, the company that I worked for, and I won't name it because I don't want to get in trouble, um, was very much physio is the apex predator at that, that company. Nobody else is as good as them. They run the joints. Then underneath them, your kinesiologist, your occupational therapist, your whatever else. Then you have reception. Then you have massage therapists. We were lower than low. There were weeks where I made less minimum wage if I took my how much I made for the week and divided by how many hours I actually worked because they just they did not care about massage therapists. We were just the value add to get people in the door, but they didn't care how we worked. So this one particular physiotherapist, we had an MBA come through the door. Now the MBA, the, the patient had booked a massage therapist appointment with me prior to their physio assessment for their MBA. So I saw them as a private client first. Sorry, I do use client and patient interchangeably. Mm -hmm. um, but I assessed what was going on. And I made, you know, a treatment plan based on what I was seeing. I emailed the physio to keep them in the loop. You will be seeing this person. This is what's going on. Um, it's going to need to be massage heavy in the beginning and, and maybe in a month when I'm done this treatment plan, you will be able to hands on with this person because they were so acutely in pain that I could barely touch them. So I just needed to calm their nervous system down so severely. Well, that physio did not appreciate that. I got in trouble for seeing them as a private patient before their MBA was started, even though they paid. Um, and then that physio pulled them out of my roster for six weeks. And that person reverted back and was worse when I finally did see them again, because the physio had been doing so much and had jacked up their nervous system so bad, they couldn't even have a shirt on their back because there was so much pain. So. In this instance, no, I'm sorry, physio, you are not the end all be all. I think I think a lot of it has to do with with what other professionals think massage therapists do or what is in our scope to do. Our scope is huge. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of healthcare 
providers and the general public think of massage like this. You got a spot that hurts, they'll rub it and they'll make it feel better. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you take a look at the grand scheme of someone's injury, well, the rub it and make it feel better is really just kind of like a possibly a smaller part of this whole rehabilitation and therefore or a, a smaller part of the whole patient care. And then therefore, well, we don't see your role as overly important beyond that. And if we're talking MVAs, the insurance company plays a big role in that, which I'll talk but about just, when you're But just done. in general, just yeah. in general, right? So, and I mean, that's generally how the general public thinks about massage. My shoulder hurts. I'm going to go see the massage therapist. I'm going to point to the spot on my shoulder. They're going to rub it and they're and it's going to feel better. Like generally yeah. that's what, and then the doctor that refers you, you got lower back pain? Okay, uh, go see physio. But can I go see massage? Yeah, sure, sure, go see massage. Lower back pain. And that's what comes on the referral. And the doctor's expecting you to see that patient, find where it hurts, rub it, make it feel better. Mm -hmm. Generally, go ahead. I had a guy come see me years ago and uh, he had been going to physio after a workplace accident. So he was on like short-term disability or something. And he was a really young guy, like in his 20s. And it was a knee injury that he had sustained at his workplace. So he had been seeing physio for, at this point, I can't remember exactly, but it had been a number of weeks to the point where he felt at this stage, shouldn't I be starting to get better? Like I should be planning my return to work, but I don't feel like I'm improving. So his aunt happened to be a patient of mine. Yeah, his aunt happened to be a patient of mine. And so she said, hey, like, why don't you go see my massage therapist and maybe she can help you. So this guy on his own, like didn't connect with his insurance company, didn't talk to his physio, just decided like, let me see what a massage can do. So he came to see me. I did my own assessment. Um, I agreed a lot with what the physio had said in terms of an assessment. But when I heard the treatment plan, the physio had him on, I was like, okay, well, I would do things a little bit different. But again, I would never throw another practitioner on the bus. So I said, let's, let's try some new things. Let's add on to what you're doing with the physio. So I treated him three times within the span of like, I don't know, 11 days or something, just had him coming back every few days. And we were working on stuff. And after the second visit he was like Amanda I walked down the stairs or up the stairs I can't remember which one but it was like one direction that he couldn't go prior to that and he said I had no pain and um, (laughs) one direction you're funny and so uh, by the third visit like he was like significantly doing better and he's like he was so happy he was ecstatic he said you know I'm going to connect with my worker and see if we can start planning my return to work like he he was a young guy he just wants to go back to work anyway the moral of the story is his insurance um, adjuster contacted me. I guess I, you know, he he gave her my information. She contacted me and left me like a pretty rude voicemail at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, but basically, when I did finally speak to her on the phone, she said, "Well, my opinion, if he's at the point where he can just go get a massage, then." he could have been back to work weeks ago. He said he's supposed to be work uh, working on improving his range of motion and his strength. Right, because not just going to relax. And I was saying, just rub the spot and make it feel yeah, good. Yeah, and I remember saying to her, like, all I've been working on with him is improving his range of motion and his strength. Like, he's doing stairs now. So, what do you mean? So I, I, you guys all just made a thought pop into my head and I thank you for that because it's such a rare moment when a thought pops into my head. Is this... I don't think it's the education, the formal education like you suggested. However, I like some of these ideas that we're kicking around. And some of these ideas are this, the continuing education portion of it. Why don't massage therapists take continuing education courses from physios by physios? And that way, physios can actually see 
massage therapists know this shit massage therapists are interested in this shit massage therapists do this kind of stuff too like for example in the con ed courses that we teach here at con ed institute i've got physios that come take the courses all the time i got chiros that take yeah. courses all the time ats that take the courses manual osteopathic practitioners take the courses fuck i even have chiropodists take courses because we're doing joint mobs on the feet do you see if i said it right chiropodists i don't even know but the bottom line is i think if it, i think that's an easier place to start is why don't massage therapists take courses that are kind of designed for physios or geared towards physios but it fits right in scope of practice with us so i'll give you another example that friend of mine who's been a massage therapist for a long time we both have a we all have this mutual colleague this guy has a continuing education company he's a chiropractor he teaches at the chiropractic college and he also has a continuing education company his continuing education company a lot of the courses are geared towards chiros, but at the end of the day, there's still so much stuff that massage therapists can take there and that they can utilize. And then he's always getting on me. He's like, how can I get more massage therapists into my courses? And he advertises it on Facebook towards massage therapists all the time, and no one even nibbles on it. And I'm like, whoa, but this is some really good information. And that's a really good way to be in that same classroom with the physios, with the chiros, with all the other people. So maybe not on the formal education side, but on the continued education side. Why not go to a conference that, for physios? If they'll allow you to go, why not go? You can probably learn some really cool stuff. Why not got you guys set up at a physiotherapy conference? Well, we've we've, media. we've actually done this where we because we now are part owners of the Canadian Massage Conference. We bring in other designations. We have chiropractors that teach to massage therapists. We have physios that teach massage. It's therapists. much more multidisciplinary. We have, we have ATs now. that teach yeah. massage. Therapists. We have kinesiologists. We started. We dropped the as soon as we walked in there. We're like, guys, this is not just for massage therapists, and this is not just a for massage therapists about massage therapists. This about manual therapists that have these overlapping scopes of practice and there's a couple chiropractors that run really awesome courses we should have them here there's a couple really good kinesiologists that run certain courses exercise courses and we should have them here because rmts should be privy to this information and therefore let's let's make sure it's there and that's the idea and i think if more rmts just got out of the bubble of i'm only going to take from this particular person or this thing or that thing and go a little bit more wide scope with it I don't know, maybe that's when you get to really be in the classroom with that person of another designation where they can really see what your knowledge base is. And see, just like anything, this this is happening. There's a slow trickle of, um, you know, like you said, your buddy works in a place where physios refer to him. He's proven as the RMT that he's not only got the same knowledge as them sometimes you know just having a fresh set of eyes he's he's viewed it on the same level they're all manual therapists they all work together with the same patients and that's great and I'm hearing a lot more of that and I think that is happening but like I said it's like anything we're breaking a cycle of thousands and thousands of years of massage is rubbing your body and rubbing it where it hurts and now people are starting to recognize that massage therapists do sit at the same table as all these other manual therapists. And um, I think newer chiros and newer physios and newer kins, I, I think they will understand that a little more, especially with social media. Like, man, I follow some but, RMTs on Instagram and I watch what they do and I'm like, man, you're smart. But it also it also doesn't help. We have colleagues, you know them, I know them, that run around saying things like, chiros are stupid, physios are full of shit, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, how are you ever going to fucking bridge a gap when you're constantly doing shit like that? Oh. Right? I might do it here because that's what I do and I just talk a lot of shit, but I actually don't believe that chiros are all full of shit and blah, 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 blah. But I don't we, think I've ever heard you, you say chiros You, are you all and full I shit. both know someone that does that shit all the fucking time. 
all the time. And I'm like, yeah, anyway. I have met a couple of chiros, actually. Um, the chiropractor beside me in the office beside me um, has some temporary chiros that are fresh out of school. And uh, the one particular chiro I was talking about, talking to, we have the same mindset of we all overlap just that little bit, but we all have the thing that nobody else does. But if we all participate, we're always going to get to a solution as opposed to I have the answer and you're just an additive. I yeah. I like this game of Sheena's opinions. This is a good game. Look where it took us. What's your that. cat's name, Sheena? Sebastian. That's what I thought. Sebastian likes to be center of attention, doesn't he? He is very needy. For those of you at home that can't see, Sebastian has been, you know, flashing his tail to me most of the time that I'm trying to talk to Sheena. <laughs> <laughs> It is also almost nine o'clock, which is supper time for him. Oh, but he's, he's like, feed me, mother. Feed me. <laughs> so since you're such a big fan of the idea of advocacy and the association, and I don't blame you for it. I think it's a great thing. And you want everyone to be a member of the association because really without those, without the funding of membership, then uh-huh. it's really difficult. It's We say this all the time. It's a circular thing here. It's a, it's a circular argument where massage therapists are like what does the rmtao do for me i don't see their value and the rmtao is going well we can't display the value 100 percent if we don't have the members and the funding therefore to do these things because it, it costs money so my friend when am i going to see you on a ballot for a board member for the registered massage therapist association dun, of ontario dun, dun. Um, never why why never <laughs> she why literally never? turned red with you just asking that question why like never? i don't know what you did to her but she I'm just turned red. red what are you talking about oh, you never? just you just turned so much more red <laughs> why never why never um never is a big word <laughs> that's one never i will definitely back up i just if i can't do something 100% i just i can't do it and i I'm not good at playing politics. I don't think those board members are able to ever do anything 100% just simply because that's a volunteer position and they all have their lives and their jobs and their ways of making money anyway, right? So I can't imagine how it can ever be 100% effort into that. And I don't no, think it would be but, expected to. But what do you mean But oh, Sorry, go ahead, Amanda. Well, I'm just saying, I understand what Sheena's saying. It's not, of course, you can't give 100% to yeah. a volunteer position, but there's things, there's... You know what you can fit onto your plate. Okay. And if she's like, I know that Sheena in the last couple of years started her own business, right? So now she's running her own business. And all she ever does is laundry, by the way, guys. I know this is like an (laughs) ongoing joke, but every time I talk to Sheena, always doing laundry. But she started her own business. And, you know, I'm assuming based on her saying she has sworn off um, men forever, that then she's also solely paying for her own house, her office, this, that, the other. So to... To take on something else might not be real so for then, her. So and she would challenge herself to do it the best she could or not at all. So <laughs> what about playing politics don't you like? I am not very good at telling you something without hurting your feelings. Remember, Amanda, I sent you that list of things that like people who say they're blunt. That's a toxic sentence now. I'm sorry. I am going to be blunt. I just, I just can't, I can't, like, I, where I used to work, people would always come to me. I was the person, everybody's like, it's horrible, this needs to change, whatever, what have you. And then it was assumed that I was best friends with the boss. No, I was not. I was not best friends with the boss. 
we just, uh, when I needed something done, I would just walk up to them and say, look, this is how it is. Can we make something happen? But isn't that a good quality to have in a board but position? I I, I'm not very good at doing it in a way of being like conversation. You bring it up and I go, hey, just so you know, I'm more of like, hey, can we have a conversation? This is an issue. I think that's a good thing. I think the further away you go from the norm, especially when you recognize that there are issues with the norm, the norm is not functioning as smoothly as it could, then why do we just fill in normal spots with other normal people to do the same normal thing? Then I think having someone who does things different is a positive thing. No change is ever going to come from someone doing the same shit over and over and over, and then someone else doing the same shit that I just did over and over and over with the Isn't same that fucking the definition approach. Of insanity? Well, there you go. So I think these are all reasons why someone like you would be a good thing because you do it different. The political correctness can go out the fucking window because sometimes it's the political correctness that slows the fucking train down. It's every time it slows it down. Every time. And I just, I, I can't play in that world. The funny thing to me is I believe that the majority of people actually think the way we just said this, that the PC bullshit, the political correct bullshit, the, the most prim proper way of doing things with the buttoned up shirt and the smile on your face slows down the fucking progress. I think most of us will buy into that. And therefore I don't see why we just don't rock and roll with it more of the time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of words that were said here. Like Sheena said the word blunt. I don't see a problem with being blunt as long as you have tact. Don't be rude, but you can be blunt. I think blunt is something that more people need to be. I used to get accused of being blunt all the time. And I said, I don't I don't even know what that means then. Because I, I didn't think I was a blunt person. But then somebody said to me, oh, because you just say whatever pops into your, your head. And I said, yeah, but I always, like, I have tact with it. Like, I don't ever go out intentionally trying to offend people but i think being blunt and not holding back so much i actually probably hold back too much we've said this you know multiple times in the podcast where i say i've got to send mark in to do my dirty work because i'm very passive i don't like conflict but sometimes not sometimes most of the time conflict is needed like mark and you are saying right now for things to actually change you got to stir up some shit sometimes i'm not somebody that's going to stir up shit sheena you might be let me give you let me give you an example. Let me ask you a question. So uh, you did you go to the RMTAO conference that they just had, their education conference? No. And I assume you didn't go to the awards dinner either. No. Well, we were there cuz we didn't see. I was going to say we would have seen her. We would have had a drink with her. Did you think Isn't it in Toronto? It was, yes. Yes. Do you think that their choice of, the- were you one of the people? Was, wasn't it something like Moulin Rouge or yes. something? Rouge, yeah. So there was a whole bunch of people that thought that was a very poor choice and theme for an awards dinner party. And I'm curious, do you feel that way? Um, I have a point to this, but I'm just curious here first. Well, first off, isn't it only massage therapists that are invited? Yeah. Public's not invited, are they? No, no. So hey, let's dress up and have some fun, move on room. Cool. What the hell? So when I saw this being posted, I saw probably a small number of board members 
that became really defensive. And they were saying, this is not board member decisions. This is operations decisions. We have nothing to do with this. Blah, 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 blah. And this is the perfect example of what I mean. If, if someone is there, whether it's your role or not, to vocalize, this is a dumb idea or this is a good idea and why so versus I'm just going to put my hands up and I wash my hands of this blame because this is not a decision that we make. Do you see what I'm saying? That is the political correctness that I can't fucking stand. If you actually had a problem with this, then you should be very vocal. You could be very vocal and saying, you know what? I agree with you. I had a problem with it. I vocalized this to operations. I told them that was a bad idea. Or if you stand by that this is not a problem, then I want that board member to say, listen, you massage therapists that are making these comments. I don't feel there's a fucking problem with it. I'm a board member and I actually encouraged operations to go ahead with this because I didn't see it being a problem. You know what I mean? Instead of this fucking politically correct neutral bullshit. Do you see what I'm saying? But the bottom line is I would have loved to see anyone that was a board member just stand their fucking ground a little bit versus just I, I, this is not my responsibility guys. This I didn't have anything to do with this. Well you have an opinion on it so why don't you just state your fucking opinion? Yeah people are afraid to state their opinion. Why? Because I mean, I, I mean, it's me. I'm people. I very often stay out of Facebook wars because I just don't feel like fighting with people on the internet. But I, you don't even have to <laughs> fight anything. But you also don't have to sit back and see something that you don't you don't necessarily agree with. Just roll by. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because you're in it. That's different than the lady that left the angry emoji. She's not in it. I'm talking about <laughs> someone that's a board member and they're in it. Versus saying, this was not my decision, guys. I don't know what to say. Versus, you know what, guys? I agree with you and I tried to say something to whoever was in charge. And right. this is the response that I got. So at least now you know from this angle. Or, guys, I don't see a problem with this. And these are the reasons why I don't think there's a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Versus just the complete neutral territory. We're all territory. supposed to be grown-ass adults. Just be grown-ass adults. Exactly. That's why you'd be fabulous for this. Anyway, the neutral territories that I don't like. So that's cool. So, yeah, okay, I think that answered my question about if she would be a board member or for a board member. No, she thinks that she is too blunt, but I believe that is a good thing. And Mark believes that is a good thing. And although we know nothing, we're going to at least voice our opinion. Sheena for RMTAO. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Well, since you are such a hardcore listener, before we let you, you know, go and feed Sebastian before he shows me his tail again. Um, what if you won the lottery tomorrow? What are you doing? Um, well, first off, I'm not claiming that lotto ticket. I will be handing that to my father because what's the lotto tomorrow? Is it a million? Or are we just winning an encore? A million is not a lot of money. A million, I'm still broke. Okay. How about we say this? Since you need to have so many details, <laughs> let's say you won $25 million. I just pulled a number out of my ass. Do I know what the jackpot is? No, I don't pay attention to the lottery. I think the jackpot is probably big, just ju judging by how many people fucking bought tickets in front of me at the gas station. All I'm right. Like, guys, do you have to buy your fucking tickets at the gas station? $50 million. All I want to do is pay for my gas and leave, not stand here and watch you fiddle around with lottery tickets. All right, Sheena, if you won $50 million tomorrow... What are you doing? Oh, God. Well, I'm probably not going to quit right away. Jesus Because Christ. I don't know what I would do with that kind of money. I'd have to sit on it. Like, i pay off my debt. I, I probably wouldn't even pay off my car. i just keep paying car payments. 
I'm not moving from my apartment. It is so cheap. Nobody has my horseshoe rent anymore at all, anywhere. Not even single rooms in shared houses. Hmm. So I'm not moving. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to invest it and figure it out as I go. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'd buy a lot of guitars and motorcycles. Yes, you would. <laughs> I saw something the other day that you would like, Mark. It was somebody had converted a, a chest of drawers into a guitar holder. All of the drawers were just a guitar. See, that makes sense to oh. me. 50, 50 million? 50 million. Five zero? Five zero. I'm fucking out of here. You guys will never hear from me ever, ever again. Like, am I included in you guys? Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh. sure this, this, these rings on my finger say that I have to go with you. Fine, you can come with me. <laughs> but no one is hearing from me ever again. I'm hitting the bricks and I'm, um, I'm peace out. I, I feel very strongly and confident after listening to how many podcasts. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> in 2019, Mark. You said you would never go in inactive. You would just keep doing. Are you not inactive? <gasps> oh, I am inactive. Am I just pulling you out? Just catching you in all the I'm, lies. I'm, I'm active as a kin still, but I'm inactive as an RMT. Yeah. Did I say I would never go inactive? She's the expert. I, I believe I don't you. Know. I believe you. <laughs> inactive is weird. I had to go inactive for a couple. I didn't have to, but for a couple reasons. One. I, I wasn't treating enough and it really wasn't fair to the people that I was treating in that I was not nearly as available as they probably would have needed me to be. That's one. Two, I really wanted to put all of my energy into the other projects that were happening because I've been treating for so bloody long and working as a kin, you know, just treating, been treating people for so bloody long. The, the, the new projects were new. They were tasty and the new projects were also a fucking moneymaker. Do you know what I mean? Especially if, if and when they got to the end point. And so it was like a dying rush to get them to the end point. Because I'm not the kind of guy that I'll have an idea on something and I'll pluck away at it here and there. It's like, no, I got to stop everything I'm doing fucking right now. And I'm going to go full force at this. And this is going to occupy my, my life for the next little while until it's finished. And then when it's finished and the cash starts rolling in, cool, then we can all see it was worth the time. And uh, I think those those are the biggest reasons that I had to, I felt I had to go inactive. I mean, I could have kept paying the fees and barely treating and then having to take a fucking course because I didn't have the set number of hours. None of that shit matters. But Well, Sheena thinks more, if you won the lottery, you wouldn't just fuck off. So I want to know what no, she I'd thinks fuck, you would do. I'd fuck off 100%. 50 million? Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you'd be back in a year because you'd be bored. <laughs> You gotta do something. I would do something. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do. You I, get a boat and go fishing somewhere. Oh Jesus day? Christ! God, he no. hates boats. God no, boats, <laughs> boats, boats. I like boats. Um, I would, I would still do stuff, but I would do stuff that that is just completely on my own, on my own time, on my own dime, and it's it wouldn't any, it, none of it would be about making money none of it would be about helping people none of it would be about anything other than this is something that mark wants to do does that make sense yeah i know you you would absolutely <laughs> just do what you want to do i feel like that would create a vacuum who do you know mark that has your intensity that could fill in your shoes if you were to just vacate i don't think that anything that we do here is special i know it sounds weird it's enjoy I, it's enjoyable it's helpful. I think it's helpful. 
anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. I just don't but, think I don't think there's a really lot of people have your same passion. I don't think there's a lot You're of a mover and a shaker. I don't Let's think there's a, I don't think there's a lot of people that care enough about what they mm, I take that back. I don't think enough people would care to do get turned on by doing the things that I do by doing the yeah. things that we do. It doesn't matter to them. You, they don't you care. Can, you can say I. It's definitely you. But I. it's not even that there's not enough people that would care to do it. It's the combination of... It's time consuming. It's, yes. It's the combination of um, the know-how. So for example, I've said this over and over again. If there's something Mark wants to do. So for when we started the podcast and he needed to learn how to edit. Well, within a day he had that shit figured out because he will spend as many hours as it takes learning about the different options, the different software, you know, even when it came to the equipment we used to record, we started out with something that it was like, Oh, this can do this better. This can do, and you know, and then eventually we have a whole different setup when it comes to video editing. Again, he just stayed up for hours and hours and hours to figure out like, okay, what's the best way to do this, 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 this. He watches TV shows to look at the different camera angles and what looks good and whatever he learned how to do lighting nobody no not nobody anybody could do what you do yeah there are very few people that that would want to put in (laughs) the number of hours you put into making your work because so so for example you know when we do a certain video sheena i'm not kidding you sometimes mark will show me something and he'll be like did you see that did you see that that right there that mistake and i'm like i really didn't and if i really didn't there's probably thousands and thousands and thousands of people that wouldn't. But all Mark can think about is that one guy, that one nerd in his basement that would catch the mistake. Maybe he's in his bedroom. And so he'll say, I got to do the whole fucking thing again. And this might have been 45 minutes of work. And he's like, I got to start again. Like, I can't leave that like that because so, and I'm like, no. And this is the thing is majority of people would see that little mistake and say, no one's going to notice that and they'd carry on. And this is why somebody like Sheena will look at you and say like, nobody's got your passion. It's not passion. It's unhealthy perfectionism, (laughs) but it turns out to be great quality shit for the rest of you. (laughs) So let me, let me justify my use of the word passion. There might be 10 guys that have the same breadth of knowledge that they pull from. There might be 10, like, and each each one of them has, you know, a certain uh, niche, even though I hate that word, um, that they go into. And let's say they have the, they have their passion or their level of passion to go into each of theirs. It's still not going to have the je ne sais quoi of your passion, Mark. Mm. Like it's, it's, it will, it will, it won't be as strong. It won't come across. It won't get, be as widespread. Hmm. I don't know how else to explain that, but I, I, I kinda, everybody knows you. I don't know about that, which I'm happy if they don't, but I get, I get, I get what you're saying. And I think it comes, I think it comes along with the, the whole i just there's no there's there's no point in being politically correct on it if there's something that we want to say or we want to do let's just do it and if people hate it oh well because there's going to be some people that find it interesting and there might even be a smaller group of people that enjoy it. <laughs> so even without 50 million guys, Mark's just doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. <laughs> and if you guys like it, cool. If you don't, you heard him just say he doesn't care. It's not going to change the way he does shit. It's 
I heard I, I was I, I was watching it a talk and uh it, it was it was Winton Marsalis. He's a he's a musician, and he was doing a talk I think at a university, and someone asked him, "Who do you play for? Do you play for the audience or do you play for the musician?" And he said, "You always play for the audience, but I'm always the first audience member." So in other words, he just plays he plays for himself. Mm-hmm. Rick Rubin fucking says it gold. Rick Rubin's like, listen, if you are always putting, if you're trying to put out art and you're doing it with, with other people in mind, like that can't, that can't go anywhere. That's going nowhere. You have to put out art for you. And if people dig on it, then cool. And if they don't dig on it, cool. It wasn't intended for someone to dig on. It's you just doing what you do and putting out your art and you're doing things for you. Mm-hmm. And if other people latch onto it, that's even better, or whatever the case is, or not better. I don't know, but but thank you for that, Sheena. It's nice to know that um, uh, some people think that we do some decent stuff here. <laughs> I don't know why you're speaking French. It's still all you. No, 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 I just show it's up. Not not at all. We do we do a decent number of things. And is that is that we of- again? Sherlock and Holmes. There's got to be that guy. The side, the side guy, but you know, it's always Spartan. I'm the sidekick. I like it. But there's a there's a there's a lot of people that don't like what we do, and I'm not gonna lie, I like that. Well, there ha- you have to have that, and I mean, I when like I that. when I say that though, I enjoy it's, that. you have to have that. Otherwise, you know that you are holding back and you are being too politically correct or whatever term you want to use. You know what I because enjoy there, more, if you're not if you're not ruffling some feathers then you're trying to appease everyone and that's boring. You know what I like even more though? It's also stressful. You know what I like even more though? It's when those people that I know don't like me, but they're too politically correct to let me know that they don't like me. (laughs) That is when it gets really fucking funny and interesting. When you meet somebody and you know like this fucking person hates me, you know that. But when they're meeting you and they're talking to you, they'll talk to you like, oh, we're really good friends, blah, blah. And deep down inside, I'm like, I know you don't like me. You know you don't like me. How about you do this? Grow some testes and just let's end this right now. Let's stop. Let's cut the charade. Do you know what I mean? That makes me laugh. I have a question then. Have you guys ever had a patient whom was upfront with you that they did not like your personality, but kept coming back to you because they liked your massage techniques and your style? No. I've, I've never had a patient like flat out say like, I don't like you as a person, but I've had that a small handful of times when I'm pretty sure this person does not like me, but they keep coming back because they walk away feeling better. Yep. So I had one guy and I've actually talked about him on the podcast before and Mark knows who he is. There was one patient and he would always rebook with me. And I would tell Mark every time, I'm like, it it shouldn't upset me because it shouldn't matter. Like his opinion of me shouldn't matter. But I just get this feeling that I annoy this guy, that he doesn't like anything about me. But he continued to rebook. And then I always wondered, like, is it because of the convenience? Because, you know, where I practice is close to his home. Is it because his family comes to me? Is it like, I, I couldn't figure out what it was. But anyway, Sheena, did you have that? Did you have someone like outwardly say to you, like, I don't like you, but I like your massage? Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. How did you respond oh, yeah. to that? <laughs> wow. So, how, did you, how did you respond to so that? So I am a chatter. Obviously, every massage therapist is different. Some massage therapists are very much like silent. To me, silence is awkward as hell. Hmm. Um, if you if I'm getting massage and you're silent towards me, the whole time I'm like, oh my God, 
Like, are you looking at my hairy back? I have this one patch of hair. I hate this patch of hair. Like, get away. From hair. Oh Stop god. checking Why out my patch. Are you thinking I'm so fat? Oh my god, get away from my fluff. Like, I start. I get into my head, and then no, you need you need to talk to me so I can stay out of my head. So I treat very much that if you're in pain, pain is a vicious cycle. You get in your head, you're in pain. You tense up, you cause more pain, and it just it's cycles. So I've been told that I have personality for days from many of my patients. Um, a lot of them think that I should be the first uh, comedian massage therapist. I don't know how that's going to go. But anyway, um, yeah, I had a massage therapist literally say, can you just not talk to me? You I, you just rub me the wrong way, but give me my massage because it's good. <laughs> Sorry, um, I don't know if this was... A mistake in your speaking was this another RMT that said this to you? Uh, the person, the, the patient was not an RMT. They okay. were a physiotherapist. Oh, <laughs> you rubbed me the wrong way, but you rubbed me the right way. <laughs> that's funny. That's by by the way, that's when you know you won the day. Yeah, when they have when you've got something they need that they will even tolerate the shit that they don't like just to get <laughs> what they need because you're the person that dishes it out. You won the day on that. That's nothing. That's I hope funny. hopefully you didn't walk away feeling bad about that. Hopefully you walked away going fucking right. Well, I walked Sucka. away for the duration they were in my schedule. I walked away every day being like, uh, "Oh my god, thank God that day's over." And every day they were in my schedule, I was like. Mentally prepare myself for an hour of silence. There better be something good on the radio. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Just, I've never know. heard I, that I before. Feel, I, like I feel that we all have to have our, our shtick, if you will, of if you're silent, if you're not, whatever. Um, I used to have a host of patients whom every day they would come in for their treatment. What problem in the world are we solving today? For 60 minutes, we're trying to solve the world's pri- problems. Why not? Why not? I'm glad we finally convinced yeah, you to come was, on the podcast. This is fun. <laughs> you said you weren't, in, you said you weren't, you said you had nothing to say. Bullshit. I call bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. Absolutely. She tells all sorts of lies. <laughs> right on. This was fun. Thanks for hanging out. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, maybe next time we'll have chocolate and cider. That yes. sounds good. Hey, if anyone wants to get in contact with you because they hear this, they're like, that, that, that chick's kind of cool. Uh, if you want to give out any info, like uh, your socials or anything like that, feel free to do that now if you want. Um, my professional pages are Sheena Ball RMT. Um, I think the Instagram or the gram of instinct is Sheena.ball.rmt. I don't know. <laughs> if you look me up, I'll show up. She's there. Well, thank you, Sheena. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you. And it was uh, fun to watch you actually just sit there and talk to us, not folding sheets. Right on. This is a lot of fun. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.